Welcome to A Creative Affair and you're here with Bree Stockwell and Len Metcalf for another wonderful episode of our podcast. And today we're joined with uh, Lucy Avril and she's from uh, Cornwall in the, the south of the UK and as an exhibiting uh, artist and photographer. We're so pleased to have you here today. Well, thank you for inviting me. How are you, Bree? I'm good. It's hot here. We were just having this conversation, a little quickie conversation before we started recording. And I'm like, it's really hot here. And Lynn's like, I got to turn on my heater. And Lucy's <laughs> like, I'm just right. <laughs> so, so, <laughs> oh my goodness. Yeah. It's really hot here in Texas, but we just go in the pool all the time. So working on my tan. Isn't that So wonderful? that's how I am. <laughs> An, an Australian, <laughs> a, a, a Texan, and uh, an Englishwoman. Isn't that one? Oh, is that right to say that? That's right, yeah. Yes. Also, it's all around <laughs> the world joining up to talk about creativity. What a beautiful thing to do today. Quite amazing, isn't it? Yeah. It's so amazing. Well, Lucy, could you just get us, I always want to hear a little bit more about the person we're chatting with and we don't like consider this like a whole interview, but we'd love to hear like who you are, what you do, what you specialize in. Just give us a little taste of you. Okay. Well, I'm a photographer, as you said, living in the South of England. And I suppose because the place I live in is almost surrounded by coast and all sorts of different varieties of coastlines. I tend to specialize in seascape photography. I'm always out on the beach, walking, looking, just enjoying. And over the years, that's kind of become my passion. And I like to, to visit places over and over again at different times of the year. And I think sort of being able just to nip out locally means that it takes the pressure off. I can go anytime I want to. And it feeds into my work because I think my work, I don't know, I try, I try and make it give a sense of space, a sense of openness, a sense of relaxation, a sense of calm, I suppose. And that's how I feel when I'm out on the coast. Obviously, it can also be really stormy and get different pictures again. But I do tend to go for the, the, the quieter landscape shots, really. So that's me. I'm a coastal photographer and an exhibiting photographer and uh yeah and and a former primary school teacher yeah I was a primary school teacher for many many years and I mean that's really when my love of photography grew because if, if we had any events at school I would have my camera and I'd always photograph all the school camps and then at the end I'd put on a big slideshow all the parents were given photographs and and I loved doing it but I don't ever take portrait shots now. It's really strange. It, it, you know, I, I always photograph coastal scenes now or maybe some macro work, but it's really photographing when I was teaching that sort of ignited my enthusiasm, if you like, for photography. You know, it's funny. This is not what we said we were going to talk about. <laughs> But for years and years, I always owned a camera, but I really never did anything with it. But I thought I had to make pictures of people. I thought, oh, I, you know, I have this, I need to go out, I need to take portraits of my kids, which is great photographing my kids or even photographing other people. And I thought, oh, I could, I could start a photography business of doing, you know, portraits of young kids. But 
I discovered that I don't like posing people or I didn't really love that. And I thought I should be doing that. And that's kind of, I think partly what kind of kept me from growing or really doing anything. And that's so interesting. I, I see that that you loved doing that kind of photography and I le- did love photography, but it wasn't until I really started exploring a landscape and photographing nature that it really clicked with me. It felt kind of felt like I was coming home. Like, oh, this is what I wanted to do all along. I mean, I enjoyed photographing the children at school because they weren't formal portraits. They were just, you know, doing activities. And that was great fun because they didn't even know I was taking the photograph. But then when I started photographing for myself, I actually went to places where there weren't any people. I didn't actually want to be surrounded by anybody. I didn't want anybody next to me. I wanted just that open space. And I don't know about you, but as, as your own children get older, my children, they, they didn't want to be photographed anyway. So even if I had been a portrait photographer, they wouldn't have been very encouraging. I don't know if your children are the same, whether they still like being photographed or, but um, yeah, it's, it's funny how you have different sort of um, phases in your life, isn't it? with photography and something takes off and something you don't enjoy as much. And that's what I, what's exciting about it, really. Always something new to learn. There's something beautiful about following the energy, the, the bit that's exciting and happening for you and it's pulling you in different directions and leaving things behind. And I hope I don't sound too weird saying this, but the more you keep changing and moving and 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 wandering along, it feels like the more exciting and uh, enjoyable the journey is. And whereas I think artists that become really, really staid in what they do, and that's only what they do, and this is my look, and uh, this is what I do, actually lose something in that process because it becomes very, very predictable and uh, it's not as exciting. Whereas if you following your interests and whatever happens, uh, I, I think that's really beautiful and something very, very special and very proud of. And it's a badge of honor to be continually changing and, and finding new interests and, and wandering off into n- new areas of art. Mm. I think I think it's nice to um, keep exploring and keep developing because, you know, if you just knew you were going to end up shooting the same thing every day, it would become boring and you wouldn't perhaps want to do it. Whereas if you can go go to the beach, um, you may have been photographing the bigger landscapes. Because I know when I started out, it was the bigger landscapes that I would photograph. And, you know, the wide angle lens would go on. Whereas now it's the smaller scenes which interest me. And I, I don't use my wide angle lens at all now. I would never get rid of it because... I probably will use it again. But at the moment, I'm focusing on smaller scenes within the bigger scenes. And I don't know if, if you find the same where, you know, you go through phases where you do one thing and then you spend a lot of time doing something slightly different. That's that's how I find it works for me. I've never been big on the big wide angle view and uh, I find comfort in a forest where I'm closed in and the trees are almost hugging me and uh, I, I'm forced myself to look at the the much smaller intimate view and I particularly love the intimate landscape, which is a, a, a term Elliot Porter uh, talked about quite a lot with a, a photograph with no horizon and that you come in really, really close and that you're a part of it almost and 
I have feel very, very strongly about that. And it took me a long time to work out that when I'm standing on a, a really big open space, I actually feel a little bit vulnerable and I don't want to explore that as a, as an idea in my work. I like to go, Oh, well, I'll just go somewhere where I feel safe and happy <laughs> and explore yeah. that instead. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? Because I feel happy and safe in a big open space. So yes. Good job. We're all different. That was a huge realization for me personally when I realized that we were all so different. And uh, I remember my friend saying, I have to leave this place. I'm fi- feeling claustrophobic and her, she needed to go and stand in the desert to have that open space to relax. And I'm like, oh, that's scary for me. And it was the, the opposite reaction. And it was, that's what made me realize like, oh, okay, I actually am having a different reaction to different landscapes that I go into and it affects me differently. And then uh, that's something to ex- to play with and explore as an artist. It's really interesting that, or my observation is that it's nice to have a balance between doing something that we already feel comfortable doing on the repeat <laughs> and then also pushing ourselves a little bit, making ourselves uncomfortable, trying new things. And then I feel like I want to do that and then come back and like go back to the the other things that felt really comfortable for me and then touch my toe back in the experimental. And I think that kind of... That's maybe what for me helps me shift. If you look at my Instagram, last year is all color work, almost all of it. And Len knows this. This year, I've been playing so much with this infrared camera, just play. And I've been posting so much. You would think I'm a black and white photographer. So, and I'm, I'm neither. I'm, I'm both. And, um, and that's, what's kind of fun because there's a little bit of a shift and I might go back and I'm even planning right now. I'm going to go in another month and go revisit a place I love. Len knows it. Right. So I think that's always kind of a balance that we're playing between the comfort and the experimental. Lucy, I know before we were talking and you were saying how you love going back to the same locations and over and over again. And I see that, you know, you even said, you know, it's comfortable to go to those places. I'm wondering, like, are they always changing? Do you just go there because they're comfortable? I'd really love to hear more about that. No, um, I tend to go there because it always looks different. You could go two, three, four days running and it would never look the same. So if you, if I revisit at different times of the year, different times of the day, I know that the light will always be very different to how it was before. So I like to go back to the same spot because I suppose it gives me some comfort in know I know the area. Um, I know maybe particular parts of the beach that might work well photographically, but it also allows me to not ad lib, that's not, that's not the right word, but it allows me to look around me a little bit more because I know the beach. I know, okay, I could get this, this one shot that, that I may have taken the similar shots before, get that one in the bag, but then I can look around and I can maybe point in the other direction, look for different bits of the landscape, go closer in. And it's also allowed me to build up a project of work because that's something I didn't do when I first started photographing. I would take a picture here, a picture there, they weren't linked in any way. They'd all be a bit random. 
Whereas by going back to the same place, for example, there's a, there's a place near me where the estuary goes out to the sea and the sand is always changing depending on the tide, whether it's coming in or going out. It never looks quite the same. And if you put different weather into that as well, it's quite exciting watching, you know, watching a place that you know really, really well, looking so different, evolving over time. And it's allowed me to put together a body of work and it helps me to see patterns in my work as well. So for example, I've just been getting work ready for an exhibition and and four of the images I'm going to put in, I suddenly realize, ah, yeah, that, that was a sunset, but it wasn't a bright sunset. It was where we had a sea mist that had come in and it completely softened the landscape. And so that's made me think, right, well, the next time we get conditions like that, I want to go again. I want to build on this like mini topic within a topic. And I think having a few beaches or, you know, several areas that you know really well, whether it's a, a woodland that you know well, a desert that you know well, the fact that you you can see it evolving and see it changing and it feeds into, well, it feeds into my work. I, I expect you find the same that it feeds into yours if you if you revisit over time. And it's, it also frees me up because if I go to the beach and the weather doesn't do anything spectacular or the conditions aren't right, maybe I've mis, misread the tide times and, and it hasn't worked quite well, it doesn't matter if I come back with nothing. I've enjoyed the experience. I've gone out, I've looked and I've seen, but I don't have that pressure of having to make a photograph because I know I can go back the next day. Recently, I went, I went on holiday to Scotland, which is at opposite ends of the country. and. I found it really hard to get my eye in, in a new place. And I don't know if you find the same, if you go somewhere different, it takes a little while, doesn't it, to, to get to know the nuances of a place. And I do love traveling. I'm not saying that I only ever photograph in Cornwall, because that's not true, but it just allows you to, to feel the area a little bit more, just to, to read it a little bit better. I think if you can revisit, I don't know if that makes sense. But. When I travel, I, I go back to the same place as well. Yeah. So like next month I'm off to Tasmania yet again and I'll be on my eighth trip to the same to the same area, the Tarkine, because I love it so much and mm-hmm. each time I go I find more and more and more. And unlike a beach, I find it doesn't change so much, but what changes is my my vision, what I see, what turns me on, what excites me, what I focus on. And my different focuses, as Brie was just saying, that, you know, sometimes it's colour and sometimes it's this beautiful infrared black and white work that by following your own feelings with it, that you're attracted and create very, very different work each time. And then the weather is every time it's different. And that's um, such an incredible part, which gives us different light, doesn't it? And that's... We yeah. paint with light. So that's such an important part of our, our, our process. And I think it's really interesting. Like you've just said, you go back to the same place, but you see different things. And that's how I feel. You know, things that once upon a time would have completely passed me by, I wouldn't have noticed. I start to notice little things. And even though it's a beach or, a, you know, an area that I know well, I still find new things to photograph. And, and I, I find that quite exciting. I'm not sure that I find it comfortable going back to the same place. And um, there's a little bit of edge there for me. And part of that is, can I find something new? And is there something more here? And uh, I find that actually invigorating. And yes, I know that there's something here. And 
I've got the memory of the photos I took last time sometimes and sometimes I don't at all, but uh, something always grabs my attention after a short period of time and it disappears and then suddenly then I'm lost. <laughs> and I think that anxiousness at the beginning changes to productive work in a familiar place quicker for me. And I, I, I find that it, it's a, a much faster process. So if I go somewhere new, I find that I might have to sit for days or just wander and, and really allow myself to adjust before the photographs start coming. And as an example of this, the first time I went to Tasmania, I drove around for a month and the first week I didn't hardly take, took any photos. And then I took one and I took another and then slowly it started to, to happen. And it took me this, it was like a wall, this new place. Yeah, I, I can, I can see that. Well, I, I, as I said, I went to Scotland uh, last year and I mean, the scenery was magnificent, but it was almost so overwhelming and I didn't know where to start. And it took such a long time to really begin to see, uh, to see a new place and to start all over again. And I didn't have the luxury of spending several weeks there. I, we, we, we stayed in three different places and each place I was in, I'd go back maybe to the same beach at the beginning and the end of the day just to try and get my eye in. And by about the, the third day, I was beginning to see things. But then, of course, the next day it was time to move on. So I'd actually like to go back again because now I would know maybe where to go and what to look out for. You know, that, that's the thing, isn't it? When you go to a new place, it's exciting, but it also puts us under pressure because you want to be able to immediately take your camera and start photographing amazing things. And it doesn't always work out like that. And no, I was just going to say, I, I, I've learned not to put myself under that much pressure anymore. So I think try and let it happen naturally. Smart. <laughs> <laughs> I was just thinking too, that one of the reasons I like going back to familiar places and by the way, you can relate any of this talk about photography to any art. Like I was thinking about music because I'm a musician or you could be a painter and all of this, anything creative we're talking about doesn't have to be photography. You can relate this to just about any medium. And I was thinking one of the reasons I like to go back to a place that's familiar is because the first time I went to that place, I was drawn there. Like there was an energy that brought me there. And there's still continuously something about that place that draws me in. And I don't know if I'm always going to get that with a new place, but I always think it's important to to try that, to, to touch it, to feel it, to experience it and see if it has that energy and, you know, kind of give it a chance. But always I'm like, oh, I got to go back. Like right now, I'm going to spend one night at White Sands on August 2nd and I'm dying, dying to get there because I know <laughs> when I walk out there, it's going to be hot like it is here, but it's going to start to cool and there'll probably be some interesting conditions and I'm going to feel the energy and it's going to be really invigorating. Mm. Even though I've been there, I don't know how many times. It's awesome. You just build a connection with places, don't you? And that's, mm -hmm. that's what it's all about. And when you have mm. those connections, I think that's when you can be creative. Um, I mean, my, my husband's a painter, has been, you know, ever since I've known him. And he always says, well, start with what you know, and then you'll branch off, you'll find something new. Because if I've ever been stuck, that's the advice he's always given me, you know, start with what you know, 
and then you'll build connections and it'll take you off in a different direction. Uh, you said something very early on about um, when you hit the beach and you, you get one in the bag and that, that that's really linked to this. And I, I was going to ask you about that and it's been wandering through my mind because success breeds success, doesn't it? And by starting on something that you know that can be successful and then when you do put one in the bag, that raises your self-confidence and then the rest of the work starts to flow. That's and right, yeah. I find this as well that um, I take photographs that are very safe. So I make safe artworks to get me back into the practice. And I was thinking about as you're talking about music, Brie, and practicing your scales before you do a performance is the same thing, isn't it? You're you're working on something safe and you're, you're stretching your muscles and getting everything going and, and then... Um, you're warming yourself up for a, a greater performance. And I actually have that as part of my practice is to put a few things in the bag, as you, as you said, uh, as a way of actually relaxing and getting myself into the mood. Like when I was wandering around Tasmania and I said I didn't take a photo for a week, I remember the first photo and I wasn't happy and I nearly didn't take it because I was going, oh, the light's not right and it's not perfect. And yet I took it, but uh, it was a lesson in that taking the first one started me on the process of taking the next one and then suddenly there was another and then once I started taking them or making them, I got myself out of my rut of, of like, oh. I it gets the muscle <laughs> memory going, doesn't it? And the visual memory, doesn't yeah. it? It's, it's, yeah. uh, yeah. it's not only physical, it's a mental game. It's like a creative icebreaker. Yeah. Yeah. I think sometimes as well, if you go somewhere, maybe somewhere new, that you might have an idea in your head of photographs that you've seen of that place. And it's quite hard to do something a bit different if it's somewhere new. So you end up maybe taking the photograph that lots of other people have taken. And then I think you can, as you say, you relax into it a bit more and then you can start to be more creative and do things that actually please you a little bit more. I mean, I, I find down here, it's a photographer's hotspot down here and I can come down here sometimes and there'll be a workshop and there'll be 10, 12 photographers all lined up trying to take photographs of St. Michael's Mount. And I don't particularly want to go and join them. So I'll go and walk off and I'll find a spot that I know works for me. I'll get a couple in the bag as we've talked about, but then I'll go off completely and I'll take photographs of my camera pointing down or pointing in the opposite direction. And just because I can, because you can be more creative once you've, once you've got those ones in the bag. It's funny, isn't it? Because I think I haven't been out taking photographs for a couple of weeks or probably even more than that. It's probably nearer a month, if I'm honest, just because I've been too busy. And I've now reached that point where I'm desperate to start again. But there's that slight nervousness of, well, what if I can't? So I will probably go back to somewhere known, get something in the bag, and then hopefully it'll, it'll spark off other ideas. Funny old business, isn't it? Really? Yeah. So uh, for those who aren't photographers, then <laughs> I remember when I first heard this term and I was like, what? That's a thing. And I remember hearing from someone, they just, they got their safety shot. And I was like, Oh, that means like you got the safe image. So even if you don't, if even if you mess up your other stuff, you got your safety one. And I think there is a lot of safety yeah. in doing in um, making something that seems familiar or that someone else has kind of done. 
and that you kind of see in your head because somebody else has done it. So that, that kind of, to me, feels like the safety thing. <laughs> so I, I get that. Maybe I have done that before without thinking to myself, it was a safety thing. I was like, well, I see it. It's pretty. I'm going to make a photograph of it. I'm going to like that, you know? Yeah. So it's just interesting. I think we do a lot of things for safety sometimes. Yeah. It's easy to be safe. <laughs> I know you we're avoiding talking about um, photographing people or making art with people, but when you when you are photographing people, you actually create an artificial safety shot. And uh, this is a little tactic that I use. And I take a photograph and then I go over and I show the person that I'm photographing and say, oh my God, this photograph is so beautiful. Look at yourself there. Aren't you just so wonderful? Uh, we've got a good photograph, so everything from now on doesn't matter. Like, don't worry, we can mess it up. And mm. uh, it causes this relaxation. Yeah. And uh, uh, from then on, the work gets better and better. And it's like, oh, I, I don't have to be so nervous because it's actually working and it's all happening. And uh, I think that happens to me in the landscape as well. Yeah. And you're making that connection with the person as well, aren't you? As well as when we do it in the landscape. So, mm. yeah, good tactic. I was doing some abstract work the other day and uh, I didn't get to that safe shot. And so I put what I was doing away and I was looking at my the collection of work that I just did and there's this little moment of 10 minutes where I was experimenting and then I couldn't get something that worked and I stopped. And so I didn't actually get any success and then I pulled back and went off and did something else again. And it was interesting it was because I didn't have that little success experience that I didn't keep pursuing it down a particular line. Yeah, or if the weather conditions, you know, I, I, a few years ago I went to Venice and in my head I had images of, you know, all these beautiful reflections and all the colours in the water and that's what I was going to photograph. But we had rain, we had grey drizzle. Um, and the first day my camera didn't come out of the bag and I was in a, ever such a slight sulk because I thought I've got three days and I really want to get these shots that I had in my head. And then I kind of have to give yourself a bit of a talking to, don't you? And I thought, well, this is ridiculous. If the weather's going to be like this, you'll, you won't get those shots. That's fine. Look for something different. And the moment I did that, I found other shots and made some, you know, some some different work and that was okay. But sometimes having a preconceived idea can hold you back, can't it as well? Well, I find it can anyway. Yeah. So I still haven't had those shots where I've got all these wonderful reflections. So I just have to go back again. Oh, darn. <laughs> Shame. <laughs> You'll have to eat your way through Venice with I your will. camera. Yeah, oh. I will. Yeah. <laughs> Venice is fun. So uh, Lucy, you said you were really busy. What have you been doing um, in this month? Well, I've got two exhibitions coming up, one at the beginning of July and one at the end of July. So I've been frantically getting work printed, getting it framed, getting um, sorting out how I'm going to curate the exhibitions. And yeah, I mean, it's all good fun, but it all takes time, doesn't it? And it all starts on Saturday, actually, Saturday the 1st. So it's not long now. And it's really enjoyable because it's just a chance for a week where you've got work together, um, new work, some pieces that I've, I've had before, but not exhibited before, lots of new work. And to see it together, see how maybe it's changed over the last year or two. I always quite enjoy having that to work towards. And it's nice as well, because lots of people come and you have the chance to have a chat about 
know your work and they talk about their work. So it's, it's just a nice event, really. Lots of work to, to get it organized, but really worth it. And so that's really what I've been doing. I'm not out with my camera. <laughs> There's a time and season for all these things, yeah. you know. And, and yeah, and we've had really, really unusually blue skies and very bright, sunny weather, which is not usual for this, this part of the world. And those are the conditions I probably find the hardest to shoot in. So it's quite nice when there's other admin work to, because there's always something to be doing. I was just thinking that would be fun with my infrared camera. Yeah, I would actually. You'd have enjoyed that. <laughs> yeah. It's probably why I bring it out so often. So much sun. <laughs> yeah. We're just not used to it here. I mean, as you've probably gathered from lots of my work, it's the big clouds and the, the sort of misty conditions that, you know, I tend to photograph. But yeah, perhaps I just need to look differently. That's, that's, that's another challenge. Learn how to photograph in bright, sunny weather. <laughs> Maybe. Uh, how does uh, having exhibitions affect your work and how does that work with you? Is that a, a motivator? Is it a, a important part of business or is it a, a, a distraction from your photography? Well, it's all of it really, isn't it? I mean, it, yes, it's a distraction because while I'm organizing all of that and getting it all printed, it's taking me away from going out with my camera. But at the same time, it does motivate me because I knew this time last year that I was going to have an exhibition and so in my mind, I'm building together bodies of work. When I'm out photographing, I kind of think, well, you know, that might be something I could exhibit if I could get a little body of work around here. And it also does generate op another opportunity because I've had this one organized. I, I, I'm also part of a cooperative gallery in the town near where I live. And one of the other artists there has got an exhibition at the end of July and she asked me if I'd like to join her and another artist in that exhibition. So, you know, one thing leads to another. Other opportunities, people see it, people, you know, they contact me afterwards, they come into the gallery when I'm here. So it all feeds into itself. And, and I really like that side of it. I like because for so long I was teaching and I was part of a team, suddenly to be working for myself on my own is quite a change. And I, I do like the camaraderie of um, being part of a cooperative gallery with other artists. I do like for the other artists I'm organizing exhibitions with. It's just that team feeling. I'm, I'm good in a team. I'm good at working on my own, but I like to be part of a team as well. So for me, yeah, it's all equally important for me. And I'm also now desperate to get out of my camera. So sometimes when you can't, it's really good because it's just making me so, so desperate to go out. So I will very soon. Do you find that if you've had periods of time when you can't get out with your camera that you, you start to really be desperate to go out or do you not have times like that? Yes. It has to be a long time. Um, <laughs> what? <laughs> because has to be I find a long other, time. <laughs> well, I don't even know what's a long time, you know, like I actually, right now I've been playing so much with my my infrared camera is my experimental play and I've, I've done some really great stuff with it, but I find that I'm longing some alone time to do some work that feels more serious. Not that the other can't be, but I long to spend like a week in a place again mm -hmm. uh, or, and just really absorb myself completely in the work that I love versus fitting it in between here and there, which is what I have been doing. And there's absolutely nothing wrong with that. I love that my people, I can go on vacation and my people are okay with me 
squeezing it in, but um, I am longing to spend more time with myself. But I also, I see what you're saying though, Lucy, about being alone, which is really, I think that's important for us. Like that's important for us to be alone and do our work. And it helps us understand more of who we are and among other things, but also being part of a group like you are this cooperative where you can kind of feed off of each other and have different ideas. Like uh, you said, your cooperative has all kinds of different artists there. And that seems like really fulfilling in a way because different artists, they do things differently and have different ideas. And I, I'd like, I'd love to hear how you think that's maybe helped you. Um, cause I think that would be interesting for me cause I've never worked totally as a, as a group like that. I bet you have Lynn. I have, and I'm, I'm, I'm sitting on the edge of my seat waiting to hear what Lucy says about it. <laughs> and then you should uh, talk about yours too. Yeah. <laughs> I, I really love working in a community and, uh, I, I, even when I'm out working, I don't feel this need to be alone. I actually like having other people around and mm. uh, it helps me focus, I think. Yeah. I mean, I like both. I like being out when I'm photographing. I like being by myself because if I want to stand in one place for two hours just looking, I can. I don't have to worry about, you know, whether somebody else is bored and wants to move on. But I also like being, you know, part of this cooperative. We're all different artists. so We don't ever meet to do our work together because I'm the only photographer there. You know, there's a painter, mixed media. We all do our own thing. But it's just that that sense of we're all looking out for each other. You know, we all understand what it's like if perhaps you go through a patch where you think, well, I don't really, I want to do something different, but don't really know what I'm doing. Or if something's not going very well, you can, you can chat about it. And it's just important. And as well as the gallery, I have other sort of friends who are photographers. And I think it is like you say, you and Len chat, you you send messages. Well, I, I have friends like that, that we send messages and say, well, I'm not sure about this. What do you think? And, oh, yeah, I'd really like that. Or or maybe have you thought of? That's what's so important about having like-minded people that you can talk to and share ideas with. And, you know, they understand the creative process. They understand when sometimes the, the creative process isn't going as it should do or maybe something's gone really, really well. So you can all celebrate each other's successes, which is just as important. And it's it's good to be able to celebrate when somebody else has achievements. I really like being part of a creative group. That's really beautiful. Thank you. Len's dying to tell us something. <laughs> oh, I'm just, I was, my mind's wandering off in all, all sorts of directions. Same. And, uh, <laughs> I, I did want to share uh, a story of a, um, one of my uh, students who's now one of my teachers and uh, teachers with me, uh, uh, Shirley Steele. She joined a cooperative and uh, had a stall within um, – not so much a gallery, but a craft shop um, in a tourist town. And uh, uh, it was more like a table with a wall behind it she could use. And so the whole shop worked on tables, not on wall space. So it's a bit different to a gallery in that sense. And uh, I did the same thing down in Kayama and had in a tourist town set up a basically a shop. And we both found that that keeping it stocked and producing artworks for it and having this interaction with the place actually drove um, the creative process in a motivational way. Now, I'm not very good at 
making art to sell. Once I get into that headspace, I my, I lose a little bit of myself in that process. But other people aren't don't seem to have that problem that I have, and uh, they actually feed off it. And uh, that discussion about what's going on with the work and that continual feedback, and then having to supply it and keep fiddling with it so that it's always fresh and changing and that it's fully stocked provides this incredible motivation to keep going. So uh, not only is it the the community of sharing with the other artists, but putting yourself out there forces you to keep producing art and and keep going. It's just been such a powerful thing to keep doing. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, it's, it's really nice. I think you're right. It does. It does. It, it, it really does spur you on because if I'm out photographing, I get excited about something and, and I know the sort of shot that will work well in here and maybe one that is more for me, is in more of a quiet landscape. Interestingly, some of the shots I thought would be better in here. So for example, I live near St. Michael's Mount, the, the big castle on the island. And that's what people come to this town to see. I thought those shots would be the popular ones, but not not the work I want to create, but actually the work I want to create seems to go down quite well, which is, is, is quite nice. And not that I make it just to be able to sell it. It has to be work that inspires me. Otherwise, I, don't, I won't put it on the walls. If other people like it, then that's a bonus. But it does spur you on because, you, as you say, you have to keep it stocked. You have to, you have, to have um, replacements if something sells. You have to have something to go in its place. But it also... It doesn't just drive me. I don't, as I say, I don't take photographs with the idea of, oh, yes, that will sell. But I do sometimes take photographs thinking that that's a quiet one for me. I might make a little book of that, but I wouldn't necessarily want to print it and put it on a wall. Yeah, I think it's the whole the whole creative process is just like a big cycle, isn't it? Everything sort of feeds into it and leads on to other things. And that's what I'm finding in here. Yeah, it's good fun. Do you make books? <laughs> yeah, I, I um. Are they handmade, or you print them in a surprise? You know, surprise! That you surprise. globbed onto that lens. <laughs> <laughs> I'm a, I'm a, I'm an avid bookmaker. <laughs> yeah, well, it was in um one of the lockdowns, and there's a photographer you you may have heard of, uh, Lizzie Shepherd and Alex Hare, uh, well-known photographers over here, and they do lots of workshops, and um, because they couldn't during the lockdown. They did an online bookmaking course and they did two or three of them. I think I did two. And so there we all were on Zoom with our bits of card and what have you and actual handmade books. So I haven't made many recently because I just haven't had the time. But that's the sort of thing where I say my, my little images that maybe I wouldn't want to put on the walls, I know would work well in a book. They would you'd get the sequence and flow that would work quite nicely in a book. And there's something so nice about handling it, isn't it, when it's sort of a handmade book? It's yeah. incredible and it's such a beautiful thing to make yeah. um, To make yeah. them. I'm quite obsessed by it and yeah, I've, we've done a few workshops uh, running them as well and uh, I've also gone off and studied with a few bookmakers and uh, I love it. Yeah. There's it's something, something I'd, like to, I'd like to do more of it actually because, as you say, it's just it's wonderful having these things in your hand. Mm. Really nice. A few months ago, we went to an artist's book competition and exhibition. So it, it was a, a local exhibition um, of a national art, artist's bookmaking competition. And uh, the, the variety of the work in there and uh, the 
creativity. Like we, we think of a book as having a cover and pages and, you know, we open it and we turn it all over, but, you know, making ones that fold out into concertinas or multiple pages that move or ones that were a real struggle to even to open and look through and put your, you know, your beautiful white gloves on and, and wander through them and some you couldn't touch. And it, just seeing that exhibition motivated me to motivated me to try and do some more more creative books than I had been doing and like, oh, I could be in this show. <laughs> Not that I, it's become a goal or anything, but like, oh, yes, this is really, really something very, very special that I've somehow stumbled in upon and uh, it just keeps growing and growing and growing and I, I'm slowly collecting, you know, like I've got a book press and I found it the neighbor was throwing it out and I found a book press and I nearly bought one. Yes. It's, it's something that just seems to be turning up into my life. And uh, oh. I absolutely love it as a yeah. genre. Well, it's nice because it teaches you how to sort of curate your work as well and sort of get that flow, doesn't it? Which is a bit like having a, a wall space, but in a smaller, in a smaller wall on a smaller wall, if you like, but this concertina book, which is what you know, I made concertina books. You know, do you have them in little groups of three or do you pull out the the next section? It's another group of three. Do you have them all out? And it's it's, it's an entirely different creative process, but it's quite intriguing. And I, I do want to make more this winter. I think it's sort of a winter winter project for me. Mm. I've just started making ones out of zines. So I, I, I've print onto a large sheet of paper and then cut and fold. And then yeah. I actually sew it into a cover and uh, I... I can produce them incredibly quickly in an hour. I can make one and uh, I've I've been giving them away. And that's something I learned from, oh, I've got a blank on his name. As you're talking, I'll think of it. (laughs) Lucy, I think I have a picture of how he did it. He he sent me one. If I remember, I'll send it to you. Oh, great. Thank you. Yeah, they're really fun. What I love about, what I was going to say is what I love about a book is that it tells a little bit of a different story than you can tell in one artwork, like one image or one piece of something, having having a little bit of a, a small series of something just almost tells a little bit of a deeper story, which I think is, it's really fun. And sometimes the individual image doesn't work, or, or I say it doesn't work, but it, it may not it may not be strong enough by itself. But you put it right. with two or three others, and as you say, you've got that stronger story, haven't you? And they they work together well. It was John Blakemore who introduced oh, yeah. me to yeah. the idea of a handmade book, and he makes them incredibly fast and gives them away. And he's nice. all he does them from you know prints from the drugstore pastes them all up and then basically hands them to people and uh, Mm. just keeps producing and giving away his work. And that was the start, actually, that inspiration. And then it took years before I actually really started down the track of of making stuff. But now I'm a regular to the bookbinding shop and I've got a huge supply of tools and um, I'm making more and more. Yeah, I need to sort of do it again because, you know, if, if you're not doing it for a very long time, you forget how to work it how it all fits together. So that's something that I really need to go over and, and practice again because at the moment I think it would take me quite a while to produce a book. But it's it's very satisfying. One of the things that it, I've, I've found is that it helps reintroduce handmade 
mm. um, well, using your hands back into your work as a, a digital photographer, we're quite removed from using our hands after we take the photo. Yes, we sit at a computer and, and process and push and fiddle, but as an artist who painted and was a printmaker, getting my hands dirty and actually physically doing things was incredibly relaxing and a very, very important part of my practice. And bookmaking has reintroduced me just to even sewing and cutting bits of paper and folding them and putting them together. And yeah, I've, I've really fallen in love with uh, Japanese stab stitching and making soft covers and making precious objects that, you know, people can, can have and, and hold on to uh, over a very long period of time. And, oh, you've, You've, you've managed, <laughs> got me excited now to, to race out and do some more. <laughs> yeah, I need to do that as well, I think. <laughs> you know, Len and I had a conversation with Grant Swinburne on his podcast and he asked, he asked an interesting question. His is a photography podcast, but he asked an interesting question, which is where do you see photography going in the future or what is the future of photography? And I... I kind of commented, um, there's so many things you could say. Len said something completely different. But one of the things that I see is I see the gap with AI coming and being so, you know, so utilized in our world. I see digital growing exponentially, but also you have to have almost the antithesis, which is what we're talking about here, which is completely the handmade items. You know Mm -hmm. what I mean? And so I feel like that's super interesting that many times conversations go to this, the actual like creating of things of pieces. And even yeah. I, I've never made a handmade book, but I have made prints and then made a torn paper collage out of my prints. And that's really fun too. And mm-hmm. I love, love, love getting my hands on and anybody who's like a, you know, if you're like a sculptor, you're like, yeah, of course, that's why we do this. <laughs> right? Yeah, yeah. right. And there's something so satisfying about putting your hands on your work, which I think can be so removed in the digital photography world. And Mm -hmm. so I think it's really important for us as humans and creatives to put our hands on something, to be able to get our hands dirty and and touch it and feel it and have it be something that's tactile. So I agree with you guys. You know, there's so, so many images these days that just get left on a computer's hard drive. Whereas you know, my son came home recently and he said, oh, can we get the photograph albums out from when they were little? And we were looking through them. And I thought, actually, that's not going to happen in the future because people don't print as much. And I think that's why I enjoy printing. I love, you know, seeing a print emerge, whether it's a family or, or whoever. But I think we're losing that. And that's why, as you say, the handmade items is, is so important. And it's important to pass down, isn't it, into future generations as well. Because you have a hard drive fail, you can back it up, but work is going to be lost. And I think it needs to be printed or it needs to be put into a little book. Even if it's just a photograph album like we always used to do, it's just nice to see it 
and handle it, I think. It looks so different. Other people who aren't photographers or artists necessarily or who don't identify as that, that's why they love coming into coming to exhibitions or, you know, coming into your shop and and seeing all this work. And that's why you do sell things because we want that on our walls. I mean, even even now I like that there's a print behind me and that's from my friend Candace. She's a painter. And you know, yeah. you know what I mean? Like we want this yeah. as humans so much. Len, what were you I mean, going to say? I hand make, I hand make cards. If I'm doing a test print for something that's going to be as a bigger a print, I'll make a small print. And then I think, well, I'll make a card, you know, I'll hand make a card, fold it, stick it down and send it to somebody because then they've got their own little tiny print and it beats buying one, doesn't it? So mm. how fun. Yeah. That sort of answers another question. So you print your work and um, I find putting together an exhibition because I frame, print, cut my mounts and do all the work by hand and I'm all of my greeting cards that I sell are handmade. So the physicalness of it is very, very important to me. And I was thinking about that with your exhibition, Brie. (laughs) Brie's holding up one of my cards. I have one of his cards and it's all like printed on the back. Yeah, I have a beautiful card that you sent me after with the journal um, you published. And it's it's actually on my shelf at home. It's lovely, really nice and gets lots of compliments. But isn't it something special, this touching and and doing things with your hands? And Brie, you had an exhibition too and you had it at home and you built walls for it and um, learnt to print for it as well. That is still such a huge part of our artwork, isn't it? And I find that when I have periods when I'm doing that, that it helps me with the motivation and also the desire to get out and take more. So when you were saying, oh, it's been a month and I've got to get out and do some and and it's it's growing by actually making these exhibitions and preparing them, that that's tied into the whole process, isn't it? And that, that drives us along as well. We're doing something with the work. Yeah. I mean, I get really excited when, when a print is, is coming out of the printer, I'm sort of standing there really excited watching it because it still looks different. It looks so much better than just seeing it on a screen when you can see it on lovely paper, hold it up, turn it around. Yeah. I love the whole printing process. It's really, really good fun. Uh, I've been known to photograph them coming out of the print. <laughs> yes, I'm afraid I do as well. It's my Instagram post. <laughs> How sad is that? I don't know anyone who doesn't. I like take videos of them. I'm like, it's coming out. <laughs> Look what we're doing today. And isn't that yeah. beautiful, that change as they, you know, they come from that into the physical world and yeah. that they do change form and they become their own reward and yeah. Magic happens at that moment, doesn't it? Oh, it and really it's quite does. inexplicable. Yeah. yeah. The alchemy of printing. Yes. Ooh, what? <laughs> I love that phrase. And there's yeah. the word magic. Yeah, definitely magic. That's so good. I feel like we've covered so much. And um, there's always a time when Len and I are recording and I'm like, oh, that feels complete. Like we feel, it feels like our conversation is over. And I don't know about you guys. I kind of feel like that at this moment. Lucy, this was so lovely. Thank you so much for joining us. I loved hearing about your experiences of, well, when, when we were chatting beforehand of being a teacher and then now releasing that and then being on your own as a photographer. And this conversation was so nice to hear about your journey. 
Thank so, you so thank much you. for asking me. Thank you. It's been really nice to talk to you both and to actually see you. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Yeah, right? And the, the, like, I want to come to Cornwall now and I want to come and stand on that beach with you and have a look yeah. at this um, castle yeah. at the end of the thing. And uh, I totally get living in a tourist town and how that plays with your art and uh, uh, the extra excitement of visitors coming just to see where you live, I, there's, there's something really special about that. I find that motivating in itself. And it, it's been a wonderful conversation and I, I look forward to meeting you in person one day. Yeah, that would be lovely. Thank you so much. It would be fun. Okay, so folks, uh, we are going to link to Lucy's website in uh, the episode description. So if you want to see more of her beautiful work, please go there and check it out. Don't and, uh, be shy. And yes, she was in one of our lens journals as well. So um, one of the back issues. So we can actually link to that as well if we've got any left. <laughs> it's a beautiful, beautiful series, Lucy, and absolutely gorgeous. Uh, oh, thank you. It's in Lens Journal Volume 2, Issue 3, and... Hold up the cover so I can see. Oh, yeah, yeah. Ah, uh, yes. This I've one. got five of those left. Oh, how do you remember that? I just counted them a few days ago. Oh my gosh. Okay. Harbor Reflections. Oh yes. This is what I was talking about in the beginning of our conversation, right? Yes. Or I get, I get mixed up between. You were talking about. Yeah. I, <laughs> I love these. I love these. These are really beautiful. Um, okay. Yeah. Hopefully there'll still be some left when we put this one out, but yeah. Volume two, issue three. I'll link to it. Beautiful work. Thank you, Lucy. Thank you. All right. I think it's time to say goodbye. So, bye everyone. Bye. Bye. Till next time. Thank you for joining us in our creative affair. If you love the passion we bring to this creative content, please support the podcast by sharing with a friend, subscribing, and leaving us a review. To find out more about Len, including his photography, Lens Journal, an inspiring quarterly publication, tours, workshops, and his new art school, The Artist Club, visit lenmetcalf.com. For more about me, Bree Stockwell, visit creativemindscoach.com. There you can subscribe to my Monday Motivation emails, learn more about creative coaching, check out my online portfolio, and access searchable transcripts of these episodes. See you next time.